Hello, this is Percy. Hi, Percy. It's Wayne in Chicago. I'm calling you via Skype today, not only because it's the safe thing for us to do with social distancing, and I love you, brother, but it's what all of us are trying to do to follow these social distancing guidelines. And it's the quickest way for us to reach our listeners with some pretty vital information here today. So if you're game for this, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's have this conversation. Well, absolutely. First of all, we, you and I, we are doing the right thing by modeling uh, what we have all been asked to do in our country and in our world, and that is to uh, be conscious and take serious of the fact of not transmitting and coming into contact with each other. So uh, this is what we should be doing. And, and for the time being, this is probably what we'll be doing. So it's good to be with you via uh, this transmission, my friend. Great. Well, today we're going to hear from a doctor, a couple of doctors who answer some of the big questions cancer patients have about the COVID-19 coronavirus and share some practical tips that everyone can use. So stay with us for what cancer patients need to know about the coronavirus. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. This is a special edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration with our host, Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and today we'll focus on practical ways to feed your faith in the midst of this COVID-19 virus outbreak. First of all, Percy, I, I trust you and your family are all well during this time. We are, my friend, as hopefully you guys are there in Chicago. Um, all of our neighbors and co-workers at this stage of the game appear to be well, so thank you. Yeah, we're, we're trying to adhere to all of the precautions, and so we're holding up very well. Thank you. Good. Well, once again, we reached you via Skype so we could get to this information quickly here today. So thanks for your availability. I know these are very busy days for you and everyone at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Just share with me some of your thoughts about what's going on. This has affected every American, some very deeply. Well, not only every American, every human being on the planet that's Earth. True. I think that, that's, that's true. the really, that's the big, broad uh, worldview that I think has uh, everyone literally uh, at least recognizing that we're we're probably in a place that we've never been before as a as humanity. And for me, uh, my worldview is always the place that I try uh, to look through the lens and filter of Wayne, because uh, from a faith perspective, you know, we serve a God, a God of the universe, of all humanity. And of course, we are impacted, you know, on a local, state, national level. But when we really buzz that up, man, we're we're talking about unprecedented, uncharted waters here with regard to the mental, emotional, um, financial, uh, social, and and physical, you know, dynamics of what is going on with people across the world. And so, my opening thought simply is, uh, as a whole, we have a wake up call. We uh, we have our attention has been arrested uh, with regard to processes, with regard to the way that we do things, the way that we function. And so here we are today facing something that, quite frankly, we've never we've never faced before. And to be honest, there's a lot of fear. Uh, people are, you know, coming to grips with this in new ways almost every day, aren't we? Well, the fear factor is real. And, and again, it is because of the unknown and the unseen. I think as I listened, as I'm sure you and those who are uh, dialing into the show, uh, I try to get a sense of what you know leaders are saying and 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 how they're unpackaging 
this whole event. And it's it's the unknown and it's the unseen. Mm -hmm. And it is the widespread reach and the rapid nature of it that is causing uh, people to really be fearful. And so we, we have to try to understand that. And from a faith based perspective, you know, what, what is our position and how should we try to counteract and work through that uh, with regard to who God is to us and who we are to him? Right. We're trusting him, of course, to be our sustenance during this and any time that we face in life. We are. And, and if, if, if there was ever any time before, uh, people are literally, I believe, are being pulled, pushed, or in some cases drugged uh, to a place of retrospect of thinking about uh, again, their God, their relationship with him, and and how will that aid and assist uh, them and us as we work through this process? I have a lot of uh, uh, friends and neighbors of mine who are of various different religious orientations and backgrounds, and it's been very interesting, some of the very common conversation and schools of thought that have been around prayer and around reflection and hope and so today we're going to try to address that and speak to that, to, to speak to this audience and empower us to continue to understand that uh, what can we do with regard to the fear that we face. Yes, uh, for this conversation and indeed at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, spiritual support is provided as desired by the patient. But it, uh, both of us are a faith people, people of faith, and uh, we, we are trusting God to see us through this time together naturally. We're quite concerned about how the COVID-19 virus affects those with cancer. Uh, that's Cancer is something we talk about each week here. So that's uh, that's just a part of who we are. That is correct. It's, it's, it's part of who we are, Wayne, and for me specifically. Um, and I, I know what your ministry has been over the years. You have been uh, a voice of excellence in the field of broadcasting from a faith-based perspective, covering many different various aspects and angles of ministry, but specifically for me, cancer and ministry has been my calling for the last 25 years. And so with that being said, uh, today we find ourselves in a place where we have opportunity to minister mm -hmm. to those that have uh, followed uh, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And we thank you for your support and your subscription and all of the comments that we received. And so uh, what I think we should do, Wayne, and, and would be appropriate is let, let's um, before we delve into anything else, let's transition and have a word of prayer to breathe over yes, the words that great we're speaking today. So with that, uh, uh, pray with me for a second, if you will. Uh, kind and loving and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, as always, for the privilege and the opportunity to pray. And we thank you, Lord, that you have said in your word that we should pray without ceasing. But uh, in some cases, we don't always adhere to that. We get busy with the hustle and bustle of our day and our goings and our comings. Uh, our duties and our responsibilities sometimes can choke out uh, time for quality uh, time with you. And But now we find ourselves in a scenario and situation globally uh, with this situation that, Father, that we are in some cases actually being forced to be still and quiet and limited with our interaction and our busyness, that prayer now becomes a crucial part of, of what we do. And so we invoke your presence uh, first and foremost upon everything that will be said today. We thank you that you will anoint my tongue as the pen of a ready writer and that the words that we will speak today will be of edification, uh, of glorification and hope to those who call upon the name of the Lord. Speak to us, Lord. Be with us. Surround us with your presence and remind us that you are an ever-present help 
in the time of trouble. We pray for the world. We pray for every human being on planet Earth. And number one, may they first come into a working knowledge that there is a living God that must be submitted unto and that your power and your presence is available to all of us. This today we do pray and say in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Percy. We're going to share some very helpful information now. Uh, But before we do, let me remind you that with hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America take an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease, while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments, in other words, are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or call 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Well, Percy, Cancer Treatment Centers of America has uh, many, many fine medical personnel and other staff, and a couple of doctors sat down recently to share some information about COVID-19 with with our friends, and we want to share that with our listeners here. Percy, who are these men we're going to hear from today? Today, we're going to hear from Dr. Alan Yahanda, who is the surgical oncologist and chief of staff at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Atlanta, and the primary person that will be providing us with uh, some clinical context uh, about the coronavirus is Dr. Jeffrey Metz. He's the clinical leader for the Coronavirus Task Force for Cancer Treatment Centers of America Enterprise. They're going to answer, ask and answer some questions regarding concerns about this virus, particularly as it pertains to cancer patients. But before we go to that, I want to read a scripture, Wayne, that I think will really, because you know we always open every show with some type of foundational spiritual nugget that helps to frame the discussion uh, that we listen to and that we provide to our audience. And 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, Uh, basically tells us in verse 44 and 46, there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. So it is written, the first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a life-giving spirit. However, that which is spiritual is not first, but the natural and then the spiritual. And the reason why I felt that this scripture was appropriate, Wayne, is because we first want to hear about some of the natural elements, dynamics, uh, questions around how this virus uh, potentially is impacting us from a natural perspective. And when we get that information, we have some clinical doctors. You and I are not clinicians in any way. And just as our opening uh, statement says on every show, uh, this show is not intended to be your source for clinical advice. We want to remind everyone that if you have any specific questions about your unique and specific clinical scenario uh, as a cancer patient and et cetera, do not rely upon the information that is provided through this vehicle as the sole source of that. You need to make sure that you speak to your uh, healthcare provider about your unique and specific healthcare needs. But we are going to have some information that's going to be provided to us to give us some kind of sense of context around kind of the natural dynamics or implications of the coronavirus. And then when we're done listening to that, then you and I will then uh, unpack and share some spiritual 
uh, things that we can do to nurture ourselves from a faith perspective while we are battling and working through the negative challenges of the coronavirus. All right, let's listen then to these two doctors here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Alan Yohanda. I'm a surgical oncologist and chief of staff at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Atlanta, Georgia. Today, we'd like to address some of the concerns and questions around the coronavirus pandemic. And I think a lot of the problems have been around the constantly changing landscape and the uh, flow of information that's coming out about that. And that has caused a lot of concern and a lot of angst amongst people. So I brought with me today, Dr. Jeffrey Metz, who is our chief of medicine at the hospital. And he has also been named as the clinical leader for the coronavirus task force for the Cancer Treatment Centers of America Enterprise. So he is a content expert in this subject, and I think he'll be able to shed a lot of light on this and hopefully in doing so, calm a lot of your fears. Dr. Metz? Thank you for having me, Dr. Yohanda. So uh, first of all, could you tell our, our listeners what is the coronavirus and how does it get spread? Well, coronaviruses in general are common viruses that may cause colds or more serious respiratory illnesses. And what are the symptoms that they may cause? And do patients who are infected always have the same symptoms? Well, the most common symptoms of the virus are fever, coughing, and shortness of breath. The virus can lead to more difficult respiratory complications, including pneumonia, especially in older patients and those with pre-existing illnesses. Right. So, Jeff, after uh, an infection occurs, how long does it take for symptoms to appear? Well, they can actually be anywhere from two days all the way up to two weeks, making it pretty challenging sometimes to determine. Once infected then and you become symptomatic, how long can we expect the virus to cause those symptoms and when will it clear? You know, it varies from person to person, but it can be up to 30 days that you can continue to, to actually shed the virus. If I were to develop symptoms such as fever or cough, what should I do? Well, number one, stay home, okay? Call your primary care provider and let them know that you're experiencing symptoms. It may be COVID-19, but it could also be the flu or it could be another respiratory illness. Uh, after that, it's really important that we practice the same everyday types of healthy hygiene habits, such as washing the hands regularly for a full 20 seconds under hot uh, soap and water. Avoiding close contact, literally six feet from those around you. If you do have symptoms, you need to have a quarantine area in your house. And we're actually recommending at this time that you, you plan for that in advance so that if it happens, you've got an area that's safe that the rest of the members in your family can avoid. And you're probably going to be in there for 14 days unless you test negative and we find out that it's actually something else. Can you tell us a little bit about how the virus is spread? Well, it's mainly spread person to person, which means uh, through respiratory droplets, coughing, sneezing, particularly if you're closer than six feet, which is uh, close contact, essentially. Additionally, you could put your hand on, um, you know, a surface where somebody's uh, droplets have, have, you know, where somebody sneezed or coughed. And then if you were to inadvertently touch your face, your mouth, your eyes, uh, you could actually uh, spread the disease that way. So it's really imperative to wash your hands. Again, the thing I would encourage for everyone is the everyday healthy practices that we should be doing to avoid, you know, upper respiratory tract infections apply to coronavirus as well. Wash the hands, maintain social distance or six feet spread from, from others around you where, where possible. So I think it's, it's really important for the public to know that, that can this virus spread 
for example, through the skin? No, it, 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 it's a respiratory uh, distribution. So again, coughing, sneezing, respiratory droplets potentially on objects, they could stay. So for example, if you put your hand on a desk that somebody just sneezed on, you know, if you uh, are sharing pens and pencils and things like that, that somebody has inadvertently touched their face or chewed on, you know, th these, are, these are habits that sometimes we don't recognize, but it goes back to the same adage, wash your hands regularly, don't touch your face, and maintain social uh, distancing during this time of six feet. Okay. Now, so say one of your family members or coworkers has been diagnosed with the COVID-19 virus. What should you do in your own situation at that point? Again, it goes back to healthy habits and practices. Washing the hands, not touching the face, maintaining social distancing such as six feet. All of these are good standard healthy practices to decrease or minimize our exposure. If you have the disease, you should be in a, uh, um, quarantine in your house. And if you have more serious cases of the disease, um, then you might require hospital admission. If you suspect you have the disease or if you have an upper respiratory tract infection, we're encouraging everyone to call your primary care provider or your local health department rather than going to the urgent care or going to the emergency department. The current treatment is you know, supportive measures such as uh, antipyretics or Tylenol. And again, maintaining healthy practices, staying hydrated, trying to get rest, things like that. Right. I think it's a really important point that you raised that um, just because you have a, uh, some sniffles or a cough, uh, first of all, doesn't mean necessarily that you have a coronavirus infection, but also does not mandate that you go see your doctor or go to an urgent care center or even the emergency room that it's those trips to see your healthcare provider really should be limited to when symptoms are, are more severe. Right, and, and certainly call ahead first because you're, you place others at risk and you place yourself at risk by being in a, in a large community gathering or even a, a smaller community gathering where you have multiple potential sick contacts. Now, you can't go uh, you know, a minute watching TV without seeing somebody walking around in public with a face mask on, a surgical mask. Does that do any good? And should we all be wearing those masks? The masks may actually help, but they're not recommended as a first-line prevention. If you have the infection, it helps prevent you from spreading it to others. And again, it may help keep you from getting it, but it's currently not a standard recommendation. Maintaining healthy practices, um, washing surfaces, using uh, Environmental Protection Agency approved cleaning agents, things like this can help to decrease the spread and the exposure that you'll face. So, Jeff, what are your recommendations and the CDC recommendations regarding travel? We're recommending that people travel responsibly. They avoid uh, large gatherings. As you can see, multiple uh, organizations have actually uh, set some precedent, such as the NCAA tournament being canceled, other large venues shutting down. We've got Broadway that's shut down. So, theaters, plays, again, areas where there's large social gatherings are being held. Uh, schools are shutting down. Right now, we're still in the mindset to, to limit the opportunity for the virus to spread. So uh, since we are at a cancer center and we deal with patients with cancer every day, um, are cancer patients or patients dealing with cancer uh, any different than the general population as far as both their risk for the virus and in the limitations that they may have on say, for example, travel? Yeah, uh, cancer patients are higher risk for certain. 
And those that are undergoing chemotherapy, as well as those that have uh, lower white blood cell counts, are considered immune compromised. So those are very high risk patients. And sometimes travel is essential for them. They're still receiving treatment. And, and COVID-19 doesn't stop for cancer. So we really have to, to balance the risk of them traveling versus the benefit of them uh, receiving their treatment. And we're looking at each one as an individual uh, case and going by a case-by-case basis so that we can recommend travel. We prefer that our patients travel by car when, uh, when absolutely necessary to travel. But for those that have to fly by plane, it really is a case-by-case individual decision and, and something that we're trying to avoid where possible. And would we expect that a coronavirus infection would affect a cancer patient any differently than a non-cancer patient? Or would the symptoms be any different or more severe? Well, the symptoms can vary uh, anywhere from no symptoms at all, all the way up to you know severe uh, pneumonia, respiratory failure, shortness of breath. So uh, cancer patients are susceptible to the entire spectrum and, and certainly get more severe symptoms and their mortality is probably a good bit higher too, which is why we, we really have to be mindful of, of the advice that we give when we're talking about travel. You've indicated before that cancer patients are, in general, at higher risk for infection with the, with the coronavirus. But really, does that apply to all cancer patients or just those under active treatment? The data is very unclear because the COVID-19 is so new. So we really don't have a lot of data to guide our decisions. But that being said, Cancer patients are certainly at higher risk, and those that are undergoing active treatment are probably even significantly higher than that as we consider them often immune compromised. So patients who are cancer patients and are scheduled to go see their physician, I think a common question for them to probably ask would be, should I keep that appointment or should I risk going to the doctor's office or to the hospital to keep that visit? Yeah, so we have to look at each of those uh, on a case-by-case scenario. For some patients, because we know that COVID-19 doesn't wait for cancer, their treatment is essential. And for other patients, some of their treatments can actually wait. So what we're currently recommending is that each patient reach out uh, to their cancer team so that they can make that case-by-case decision and and have a partnership with their patients so they can guide their recommendations. So are there Any other things that the cancer patient should know about the coronavirus above and beyond that they are at higher risk for it? Well, because COVID-19 is so new and there's not a lot of data out there, it's important that cancer patients now more than ever uh, really practice safe, healthy hygiene habits. Again, avoid unnecessary travel, wash the hands, wash the hands, wash the hands with with warm soap and water, avoid touching your face, practice uh, smart uh, uh, social um, distancing, you know, six feet where possible. And then if you do need to travel or if you have ongoing treatment, reach out to your cancer team so that you can determine what the next best recommendation is for you. So in your role as the enterprise lead for the coronavirus task force, could you tell us a little bit about what you and your team have done to implement safe practices throughout our five hospital enterprise? We implemented uh, CDC-recommended screening protocols and readiness plans at each of our hospitals and outpatient care centers. Uh, As an added measure, our facilities are currently conducting additional screening protocols for all the patients and the visitors. Um, We're not allowing any uh, children under the age of 18 into the centers currently, and we're restricting our visitors to only one caregiver per patient that comes in unless there's special certain circumstances. 
And are patients and uh, caregivers undergoing any type of screening when they come into the facility? Yeah, we've uh, moved all of our centers into a single entrance for patients that enter where screening happens before they're allowed entry into the center. And if we determine that somebody is suspicious for an upper respiratory tract infection, uh, we're guiding them to uh, an appropriate uh, treatment plan. So it sounds like with all these policies and procedures in place that uh, we're open for business at all five hospitals. Yeah, you know, cancer doesn't wait for coronavirus. So our patients still have uh, active treatment ongoing. And uh, we're just trying to help them make smart decisions and look at each one of them as as an individual patient. Is it safe for our patients to travel uh, by air to come get their treatments or to be seen at one of our hospitals? I think the bigger concern uh, than flying uh, in an airplane is being in in an airport where there's lots of uh, people and there are lines and they're in close contact as they go through those lines. So we're really recommending that uh, patients travel by car whenever possible. But say they do need to travel by plane uh, because of uh, long distances. Are there any additional safe practices that they may be able to follow while they're traveling? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Carrying disinfectant, hand sanitizer, and wipes with them. They can wipe down their seats. They can wash their hands regularly. They can certainly avoid, again, as much close contact as they can. Choosing a window seat, for example, when on a plane, also may be another practice they can follow. So if I'm a patient who's coming to CTCA, what can I do before my visit if it's determined that it's appropriate for me to come? Yeah, so again, first... Contact your uh, cancer care team to make certain that it is appropriate for you to come. Uh, uh, Second, look to see if you can drive as opposed to fly, okay? If you do need to fly, make certain uh, that you're washing your hands and your face frequently with soap and water for 20 seconds. Try to avoid crowds at the airport wherever you can. Don't share food. Uh, Choose a window seat uh, if if you're able to. Uh, Don't touch your eyes, your nose, your mouth. Don't touch your face. And then consider uh, bringing antibacterial wipes and hand sanitizers with you so you can wipe down the area where you sit as well as uh, cleaning your hands regularly when you don't have access to soap and water. We've given the, the audience quite a bit of information here, but say they need additional resources, additional information, where would you recommend that they go to find that? Well, they can certainly go to the patient portal as well as cancercenter.com. And we have information on coronavirus for them as well as a series of uh, frequently asked uh, questions. And then obviously we want them to contact their cancer care team before they make that decision to travel so that they make the decision that's best for them. Well, I just want to say thank you, Dr. Metz, for all your hard work, your team's hard work for helping educate our patients, caregivers, and stakeholders about the coronavirus. And thank you for all your efforts to try to keep us safe from this, uh, from this infection. If I could emphasize one last comment, it would be that cancer doesn't wait for coronavirus. And our commitment is to helping our patients navigate through this rapidly evolving and changing landscape. Well, you've been listening to Dr. Alan Yohanda and Dr. Jeffrey Metz as they share information, vital information we all need from Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Percy McCray and I will continue to talk about these points in just a moment. But let me remind you that we have a resource we want to put into your hands at this time. This is a time when we all need reassurance, and we've put together a resource called God is on Your Side. What would be different right now if you believe the Lord was on your side? What would you be concerned about? Would you be anxious and afraid? If you knew the Lord was on your side and your refuge, 
wouldn't you feel safe? Well, he is. There's good news about this, and we've put this resource together. Percy, you had a, a hand in writing this, of course. You want to say a word about this resource? Well, it is uh, completely appropriate given the, the season that we're in. We always need God on our side, obviously, but we certainly uh, want to remind folks that God is on uh, your side and our side during this time. And this resource, again, was designed to highlight, uh, again, scriptures, to reinforce uh, precious promises that were made to us by the Father with regard to his presence, with regard to his power, with regard to his purpose in the midst of challenging, uh, dark uh, circumstances and days. And so uh, I'm reminded by the word of God where the scripture says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. And so these scriptures will help reinforce you and I as we continue to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but we are not going to fear the evil around us. So yes, please take advantage, download, and share with all of your friends who will also need that reassurance as well. Yes, the good news is that this resource, God is on your side, can be downloaded right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. There's no waiting, no line. You can get right to it at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, the comprehensive cancer care network. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. For this special edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration, I've uh, reached Percy McRae, our host via Skype. Percy is at his home. Most of us are spending lots of time at home these days, Percy, so thanks for your time to check in on these important issues with us. We heard such good information from our doctors here at Cancer Treatment Centers of America just a few moments ago. Can we go over some of those points again? Well, yeah, we did. First of all, thank you for also being available because you're you're just as quarantined as I am in your respective area. So uh, we thank God for the technology of the day. That's for sure. Uh, with respect to uh, some of the kind of clinical things that were unpackaged for us, and, and I'm framing uh, that discussion within the context of the scripture that we read, that according to the word of God, God created the body, then he infuse the body with the spirit, I thought that it would be important for us to talk a little bit about some of the things that impacts us from a natural perspective with regard to the coronavirus scenario. Uh, but again, as a disclaimer, neither you or I are healthcare clinicians. We are not doctors. And so we're not going to unpack uh, much of uh, some of the more clinical aspects of things that were shared. We, we allow the docs to speak to that. And again, if, if someone is listening today that may have some specific questions or concerns about their clinical care, uh, choices of clinical care that they should make, please make sure that you contact your healthcare provider for that, as we are not here to direct you in any way in that regard. Really what we're here to do and what we've been doing now for what well over 200 shows, Wayne, is, is keep people inspired around the principles of spirituality. But before we mm -hmm. do that, three quick things that, that the docs did tell us 
that just as a quick refresher is make sure that you thoroughly wash your hands yes. as frequently and as often as possible. And I know, Wayne, I've been doing that and, and my skin is almost raw, basically. <laughs> oh, I got a big jar of, uh, of hand wash right in front of me here. So <laughs> Yeah, and so and using a lot of moisturizer behind that because my skin is so dry. But it's important right now that we really practice good hand washing uh, precautions and do that as frequently and as often as we can. And then, of course, uh, we were also reminded by uh, the physicians that if you do not feel well, obviously, you should stay at home. And at, at the point of the recording of this, I would say that that pretty much is a, a pretty uh, well understood dynamic. Mm-hmm. We need to stay out of the public and, and distance ourselves and be mindful of contact of individuals. Uh, we we are hearing all sorts of things, obviously in Italy and other countries that you know have almost virtually uh, you know shut their streets down. Right. So again, uh, we need to be mindful of if you don't feel well, obviously you should stay home. But uh, even beyond that, if you do not have to have any type of contact with people, like going to the store or going to your uh, medical facility. You probably should stay indoors and stay off the streets is what should be adhered to at this point. And then, of course, uh, out of that, you know, reminding us to practice social distancing. If we do and must have contact and interaction with other people to basically maintain a six foot perimeter of distance between uh, you and that other individual and uh, and be mindful of that. So those are kind of the three things that I yeah. thought was worthy to mention. Isn't it interesting that social distancing is now part of the lexicon? <laughs> well, it, it's it's you know it's interesting with all of that, Wayne. What what we really have here is that all of us are now part of a defining moment in history and time that uh, we and others that will come behind us will make reference to that literally is changing the landscape of of how we speak. And in many cases, how we're probably going to behave and act. So, yeah, we're, we're in a moment of time that is being defined right before our very eyes, right. my friend. I have a good friend who says uh, social distancing, yes. Social isolation, no, because we do need to reach out and be available to help those in need. We've got technology like we're using right now to connect via Skype. We've got the yeah. telephone, you know, the old-fashioned telephone. We've got <laughs> uh, other ways that we can reach out. So let's not be isolated, but let's practice good, uh, good practice of uh, social distancing here. Amen. Amen. And that's a, that's a great distinction because uh, it actually dovetails and, and segues into, I think now, uh, the portion of the program that is really important. Again, uh, neither you or I have a lot much that we can say about the clinical uh, dynamics of, of what is happening with coronavirus, but what we can speak to and provide and what I think that our listeners who subscribe to this show tune in on a regular basis for is for us to provide some sort of information around inspiration, hope, and how one's faith can be nurtured in the midst of uh, challenging circumstances. And so with that being said, uh, let's talk about, Wayne, ways that possibly people can counteract the impact of social distancing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an important distinction because one of the things I'd like to say before we kind of get into some particulars is... uh, Naturally, people of faith, uh, people who belong to, uh, adhere to spiritual uh, beliefs, by nature are communal people. We belong to communities. We call them churches, uh, synagogues. We belong to social gatherings, and we're connected one to another. As a matter of fact, you know, from a Christian perspective, the Word of God says, forsake not the assembling of thyself. Right. 
as you know, we, we're encouraged and motivated and we're actually strengthened by gathering together. And that's now been compromised and it changes the, the, the dynamic of how we interact at this point. I know as I was listening and I've been paying attention to uh, a lot of, um, you know, the ministries and, and preachers across the United States. I know the Vatican last week, uh, they canceled their, their Sunday mass mm-hmm. at St. Peter's. And that's a huge area where people gather and meet. I know some of the other larger ministries in the United States where, you know, they have tens and thousands of members all closed their doors last week and basically uh, adhere to this kind of social distancing uh, admonishment, but are looking at creative ways to continue to stay connected uh, with their congregations and keep people of faith connected with their communities. And so that being said, I think that, you know, it is appropriate that we uh, offer some suggestions and some recommendations uh, for people who are listening today in ways of how you can stay connected uh, one to another or with some sort of spiritual nurturing and support. Yeah, well, take advantage of these online worship services that are taking place now with churches. So many churches are doing that. Well, and I noticed that as well. I saw that. And I think that people are actually becoming even more savvy with that because for obviously for some churches and ministries, they hadn't quite transitioned into that. So they were kind of stumbling through how to do that effectively. And I actually saw something that I think that you had posted, Wayne, from a a good friend of yours around how to do that effectively Mm -hmm. and mistakes not to make with regard to, you know, uh, putting online worship services out and experiences so that they can be effective for people to follow those. Right. But even YouTube videos and social media posts, these are ways that we can stay in touch with each other and encourage each other and still get some spiritual input at the same time. Well, absolutely. And again, I think that the the trend in our society, we had already started moving in that direction, but this scenario and situation now gives great opportunity. And it's just like the God that we know and that we serve that uh, there are certain mechanisms that are already in place that are, are, are poised and positioned for scenarios of, of interesting times in the earth for humanity to take advantage of. And I believe that, quite frankly, the day and age of technology now uh, stands head and shoulders of this has been something that's been working on and being developed and it was in place. And sure enough, now, how much as even with this transmission, are we now being reliant upon utilizing that to interact, to communicate and to interface with each other? So absolutely. One of the other things that I think is very interesting and I see several people doing this and I think it's important to make this distinction, you know, Facebook Live uh, presentations and anybody can do a Facebook Live presentation and virtually everybody is doing a Facebook live presentation. So if you feel compelled uh, for whatever reason that you want to, you have something to say, you have something that you want to share. I see people singing. I see people doing music, uh, all sorts of things via Facebook live. It is another way to connect with and stay connected to uh, people that you know and that you love that, again, while we are being socially distanced, we're not being socially isolated. Yes, indeed. And this is an important family time, too. Families are suddenly finding a whole lot more time together than normal. And uh, we can take advantage of that and, and build that family bond even stronger. So it's interesting, Wayne, I was thinking about this. Uh, one of the big pushbacks and complaints Uh, that has surfaced with regard to the day and age of technology is that it was pulling families away from each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, The kids on their phone in their room, on their tablet, uh, 
and that that even at dinner time, uh, families were trying to figure out a way how can we uh, create more quality time one with another because of the challenge of the technology of the day. Well, conversely, now we're looking at the technology of the day being a mechanism and a way uh, with each other within our homes. But also, I know that, for example, uh, both my wife and I, we live a long way from all of our immediate family. It is just the two of us. And we are certainly spending quality time with each other, as you stated. But it also has the ability to connect family who are long distance mm-hmm. from each other. Yes. Particularly our elderly, because we're all concerned, obviously, yes, yes. about our elderly. And, you know, I have an elder mom and dad and, and father-in-law. So, again, but family time becomes something that we really now can reinvest in and benefit from because, quite frankly, there's not a lot of other things that people can do to distract or pull away from that. So I think that that's actually a good thing. And it may be the Lord's way of saying, I'll figure out a way to get us back together and interfacing with each (laughs) other as a family. Right. Well, for people of faith, this is a great time to pull together and maybe to spend some time in prayer together even. What do you think about that? Well, family time and family prayer, again, how much of that has been lost within our homes uh, as well that for because of other things that have been competing with that, you know, soccer moms and, you know, children with uh, extracurricular activities. I was listening to uh, someone online who was talking about how uh, he took the opportunity to start developing uh, prayer time and set certain times of the day, number one, for himself to quiet himself and his wife, and then also for his children, and that he turned that into also a storytelling time. Mm -hmm. So he created kind of his own uh, uh, narrative, story narrative, to kind of help explain what was going on to his small children, and then incorporate godly precepts and principles that then allowed them to transition into prayer. So it's a it's a great opportunity to get creative in and in infusing that back into our family lives, into our family times with each other. Yep, and I'm sure our listeners have many more ideas of how to make the most of this uh, kind of forced quarantine time together. But uh, we'd love to hear some of those if you want to pass those along to us through our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Any other thoughts? Thoughts before we uh, begin to wrap this up, Percy? Well, again, some a couple of quick things. Home Bible readings and studies. We can begin to try to reinvest back in just spending time back around the Word of God. So again, I think it gives us opportunity with our family that we can begin to uh, have uh, home Bible readings and Bible studies, but also FaceTime and Skyping uh, Bible studies and Bible times with other family and friends or other church members. You can do that uh, with each other. And then here's the big point that I want to make sure we don't leave off is many in-house worship services. Oh, yes, sure. How about the fact that uh, we have opportunity that we can organize small groups via Skype, Facebook, Live, etc., to perform our own worship experience. The book of Philemon, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, makes reference to, I know it's a very short book and many people probably don't read it, (laughs) but it's a powerful reference that's there that says that, The Apostle Paul addressed uh, fellow believers and made this statement. He said, the church that meets at your home Mm -hmm. or at your house. Well, obviously, before the advent of the modern day church, uh, the first century church met in people's homes. That's where people gathered together and had worship services. And so here's another opportunity, Wayne, and I dare I say, is the Lord telling us something or showing us an opportunity with regard to Maybe we've gotten so disconnected at our large, gigantic cathedrals of worship 
Maybe we now have an opportunity to get back into very small, intimate groups where we create worship experiences within our homes, within ourselves, within our families and within loved ones. So it's an opportunity. Then, of course, journaling. You know, a lot of people find solace in writing down their thoughts, feelings, emotions and actions uh, that may have occur occurred in the day in a notebook for reflection. Uh, and then, of course, Skype or video call church members, friends and family members. These are all some things that while we are in the place of being uh, encouraged, should I say, to stay indoors and stay mm -hmm. out of harm's way of transmitting anything or receiving anything from anyone. Uh, these are some very helpful ways that we can occupy ourselves that will be fruitful and potentially beneficial to our spiritual well-being to remind us that God is on our side. Those are all such great ideas. I really appreciate the uh, availability that you've given us today, Percy, and the ideas that you've brought to the table. It's so helpful here. When uh, This is new territory for a lot of us. We're not accustomed to being told we have to stay in isolation, not isolation, but stay you know, socially distant from each other and, and have these uh, forced times together. It's a new normal, my friend, and, and I'm not certain, and I'm not here at, to be a prophet of any sort, but I'm, and I'm not certain that, that that new normal is necessarily going to change yeah. necessarily anytime soon. Yeah, there's no hard and fast end to this, is there? Yeah, there's no indication of that whatsoever. So I think that it is now time for us to think out the box. And here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration, our goal and our mandate and our mission is, is to encourage and inspire this audience particularly for those of you who are dealing with the impact of cancer. But again, we know that cancer is not you know, isolated in and unto itself. Uh, you still also have to deal with uh, COVID-19 like everyone else. And we thought it would be helpful to provide some, some possibilities of things that you could do with your family, your loved ones, or just alone uh, while we are in this time of social uh, uh, separation and, and spacing one from another. So we want you to continue to be encouraged by the words of life and hope that we are expecting uh, the Lord to meet us wherever we are. Well, I'm going to ask you to close in prayer here just a moment, Percy. But again, I want to make our listeners aware of this resource, a free resource called God is on your side. Psalm 118 says, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? If you need some extra encouragement right now that the Lord is on your side, go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Download this free resource, God is on your side. And I think you'll be encouraged. It will really give perspective to what we're all going through around the world. And pass the word along about the website and this podcast as well, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Well, Percy, um, I, I know that uh, you're at home and uh, you've given us a lot of time today, but can I ask you to, to pray here as we close? Well, pray is appropriate, and that's what we all should be doing, and we should do it without ceasing. Uh, I'll add to that. The Bible says that we should pray and watch as well as pray. So we're going to pray with one eye open and one eye closed because mm -hmm. we're going to keep our eyes open and attuned to what's going on around us in the world and the natural. And then from a spiritual perspective, we're going to continue to invoke the presence of our God. And so, if you will, pray with me now for a second. Lord, we thank you for this time together, and it's been quick, and it went by very fast, but we know uh, that you can take our little and you can make it much. And so we thank you uh, that this was all of our time for today, but we thank you that you are the God of everlasting time, that there is no limit of time with you. And so take our meager attempt today of the words that we have spoken and some suggestions that we've provided to this, your, your people, the sheep of your pasture, to be applied to their lives in any way applicable that will allow them to continue to be strengthened, 
nurtured, and encouraged. Uh, we know that we find ourselves in a day and hour that we have not seen before, and in, quite frankly, that we have not been prepared for uh, in ways that are now challenging the systems of our community, uh, our state, our, our government, and our world. But we thank you, Lord, that you are a God that sits high and look low, and that you own a cattle on a thousand hills, Lord. Everything in the earth belongs to you and the fullness thereof. And so today we ask that you will step down and reach your people right where they are, in their home. Someone's listening to us today uh, via cell phone. Someone's listening to, to us today via their tablet. Uh, wherever they may be, oh God, whatever space limited that they may have with family, friends, and loved ones, we pray now for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, come now and infuse us, walk with us, lead us and guide us. Uh, touch your people today with an arm and a hand of reassurance. We pray for healing, oh God. We pray for uh, all that is being done medically and clinically, but we also pray that spiritually you will intervene as well. And that, Father, that uh, there will be individuals who will be covered by the precious blood of the Lamb. And that, Father, that we will continue to go forth declaring that you are good and that we love you. And so today, Father, uh, be a light unto our feet and be a lamp unto our pathways. And may we be reminded today that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And so bless, keep, lead, and guide. Until the next time that we are gathered together through this medium, uh, allow us to know, oh God, that there uh, is still yet things to be said and done. And we are turning to you for our help from which our help comes. So blessings, uh, to each and every one uh, in, that is listening to the sound of my voice. This today we do pray and say in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd. You've been listening to a special edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.